0: Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. I was watching a YouTube video the other day which talked about everything that is wrong with modern music. The host of the video, who goes by the name of Thoughty2, wasn't even old, he's probably around 23. But it wasn't like one of those 70-something prog rock old-timers telling us what's wrong with today's music, but instead he presented some interesting facts about how music is produced and marketed in this era, and I think there are some direct tie-ins to at-work productivity and workplace skills. I have put the link to the actual video on the show notes, which you can get to via steveprentice.com, just go to the podcast link. Or you can just search for the title yourself, The Truth Why Modern Music is Awful. It's about twenty minutes long. He goes through a number of mechanical reasons about how modern hits by people like Taylor Swift are written by a very small group of people, and how a recurring musical note sequence called the Millennial Whoop echoes through dozens of modern hits. If you just Google that term, Millennial Whoop, YouTube will show you exactly what he means. Now, as a musician myself, I can agree with much of what Thoughty2 is saying, but I can also picture his grandfather standing in front of a camera in 1963, slagging the long-haired, gyrating freakishness of the Beatles, or of Elvis, and lamenting the disappearance of quality music by Sinatra or the big band era. If you go back even further, and his great-grandfather would have been complaining about Gershwin tearing the classics apart. Even Mozart and Beethoven were criticized for changing music too radically in their respective eras. So, can we see this change in music as a change management issue as well? Every generation deserves its own musical heroes, after all, if only to distance themselves from their parents or their older siblings. But here's the part of thoughty Two's presentation that really resonated with me. He pointed out the effect that free, downloadable music has had on its creation and quality. Back in the days of vinyl LPs and packaged CDs, you, as a music consumer, had to head on down to the music store and plunk out some hard-earned money to purchase a collection of songs by your favourite artist. There's a lot of work involved in that, and it wasn't cheap. In 1975 an LP would have cost between499 and 799. I remember myself wishing I could get that triple album by Kiss which at the time was retailing for an astounding $1099. That might not seem like a lot right now, but back in 1975 minimum wage in the US was around $2 per hour. So access to recorded music was expensive. Concerts were cheap compared to today because they were the lost leaders designed to get you to buy the merchandise and the albums. Now, as David Bowie so accurately predicted back in 1980, music is free, which is why artists and their employers, the record companies, must recoup their costs through live performances at hundreds of dollars per seat. So, free music... Instantly available is the culprit, because it's free, or mere pennies, and because it is available for instant download. There is not time required to think through the process, to debate whether the tunes are worth buying, or to spend time afterwards listening over and over to the tunes, if only to justify the cost of the purchase. Instant access means that tunes must offer a combination of universal appeal and familiarity. To be too different entails too much risk. Tunes must have an instant hook, no long-extended introductions, and in many cases these play as a mere backdrop to the video anyway. Still, there's nothing inherently wrong with that, in my opinion. Art must always strike a balance between innovation and the comfort of its audience to make money. But it's the speed issue that I'm looking at here. As attention spans shorten and instant access to information dominates, skills such as critical thinking tend to atrophy, and this poses a great danger to business and to productivity. Thinking is a process that requires massaging. I tell my audiences that two of the best ways to think are 1. to take a walk, just walk around the block and think about nothing. Do not check your email, just let your mind relax and let the thoughts come. Number 2. is to write things out. This is particularly productive because firstly it lets your thinking mind let go of preliminary thoughts and place them on a tangible surface, paper or a dry erase board. Without this step you will simply be stuck holding on to an initial idea or worry. You can only move past this by depositing it somewhere and giving your brain permission to move on. Also, hand writing has a correlation to the pace of clear thought processing even better than keying or typing. The speed at which you write things out buys time for the creative processing in your brain to happen. So, these two actions together help thinking to really occur. So most of the challenges people have concerning time management and prioritization have to do with the speed of reaction, overtaking the quality of thought. We respond instantly to any incoming stimulus out of the fear and the pressure of high-speed messaging. We have lost the ability, for example, to exert influence over others, to manage expectations and buy time for ourselves. Why? Because influence requires careful thought and time to implement. Look at ransomware, for example. How often does cybercrime like this happen, not because of any sophistication on the part of the hackers, but because they send one of those phishing emails, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, that fool people into thinking their bank account has been frozen. People read them, and then they react without thinking. They click on the link, and the malware is allowed in. Phishing is a crime of distraction that exploits the busyness of its victims. Similarly, much of the polarization happening in politics now, especially in the US, also has to do with the fact that people no longer need to think through issues or talk with other people to come to a considered opinion. It is easier now to simply find an organization or news site that already sides with your beliefs and fears and wrap yourself inside that. You will seldom ever hear a person of one political stripe say to someone of the opposing belief, yes, you have a good point there. Instead, disagreements are started and ended with a fast demographic smear. You're a liberal. You're a dem. You're a republican. Us versus them has taken over politics and has extinguished reasoned argument. Critical thinking is a skill. It's the type of skill that needs to be taught to school-age kids as well as to adults. It's like street-proofing. You have to give people an awareness of the importance of stopping and thinking before acting, otherwise their lives or careers will be in jeopardy. Now, in case you think I'm playing the old man here, dissing the younger generation for acting too quickly with their mobile phones and their auto-tuned musical heroes, I'm not. Music is a reflection of its culture, and our current culture is high-speed and ubiquitous. But there is one thing that is not evolving as fast as technology, and that is the human self. Reaction is a reflex. It is not thought. Thought. Consequently, people lose the capacity to prioritize or frame a discussion when they exist solely in a reactionary state. Building a strong relationship with your manager, for example, managing up, as the term goes, is impossible when neither of you have the time to do it. The same goes for delivering feedback to an employee or engaging in active listening. So many valuable activities and resources go out the window when people do not give themselves the time to fully use their thought processing skills. A recent article in Courts at Work outlined the concept of the silent meeting, which is being used by groundbreaking companies like Amazon, in which the first 30 minutes of an in-person meeting are spent in silence, as the meeting attendees read the material and reflect upon it before speaking. A link to the article is also at the show notes at steveprentice.com under the podcast tab. This strongly echoes the original philosophy of Apple, when they were the ones changing the world, whose campuses included lots of space and time for employees to meet, chat, and cross-pollinate their ideas, because that's where human brilliance and synergy come from. So, one last example. How many careers and political campaigns or brands have gone quickly south due to a single ill-advised tweet? A moment of passion that flies around the world and eradicates years of carefully built trust and reputation. There seems to be no time allowed anymore to sleep on an idea, to see how you feel about it tomorrow. But there's a lot to that concept, because 12 or 14 hours from now you will be a different person, chemically, emotionally, physically, refreshed and reset after a night's sleep. You will be a different person tomorrow, it is worth the time to wait. So, what I'm saying here is that critical thinking and taking the time to think things through before acting will become a competitive advantage to companies that actively support it. Because, far from just me or Mr. 32 being the old man in this scenario, the truth is, we are all old. Female, male, any age, any culture, we share a physiology that is not evolving as fast as our machines. We all use the same type of brain matter and autonomic reflexes to keep us alive. I honestly think the future rests with those who are able to use the best of their physical and mental makeup, and that has more to do with time than with speed. So there you have it, my podcast on critical thinking, speed, and music. A list of all of our podcasts and the related articles is available at steveprentice.com under the podcast tab. You can also drop me a line through the contact form on that same website. If you have a comment about the show or a question you would like answered in a future edition, please do let me know. And you can also follow me on Twitter at Stephen Prentice. That's S-T-E-V-E-N-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. By the way, if you are looking for an entertaining keynote speaker for your company's next event, I do have a humorous one called Not Secure, which pokes fun at a whole range of workplace and technology challenges that we all know about. You can find that more about that on the same website, steveprentice.com. Until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening.